everybody, and welcome into an episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fragrances. Tonight was remarkable. Today was incredible. From the second we woke up and got around these fans to the finish of this game, it was an electric game, and we're going to tell you all about it. Let's get to it. This incredible run, this joyride continues for the first time in 24 years. San Diego Padres, the Phillies, are headed to the National League Championship Series. All right, Alex and I are down on the field. We're just seconds ago, the game wrapped up. We had the coolest walk out onto the field. Fireworks going off in front of us, behind us. It felt like we were superstars, kind of. That kind of felt legendary. I, that was a legendary moment where I was like, remember this moment, feel this moment, be present. This is so cool. Like, that was, this whole time being in Philly has been a baseball fan experience that I don't think I've experienced till today. Yeah. Like, it, it was wild, and it's something you have to be here to really understand yeah. how crazy it is. This is the epitome of a sports town, and yeah. we felt it all day. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But tonight's game just wrapped up. Game three, Phillies win 4-2. to two. What a great game. Very well played besides a few defensive miscues here and there, but really well played game. Pitched well throughout. Really exciting game, and from the word go, the Phillies needed to get this crowd. The, the crowd was already into it, yeah. but man, the very first inning of the game, Phillies come up to bat. Kyle Schwarber hits a home run, and by the way, shout out to the guy pregame. They called it. We have that call right here. Let's check it out. I think Schwarber is hitting a bomb tonight. He's due. We're getting Schwarber a hot dog right after he hits a bomb, baby. Let's get it. 3-2 pitch. In the air to right center field. Back it goes. Lead off home run. Shout out to that guy. Um, by the way, I saw Kyle Schwarber eating a hot dog a little while later, so may a little after the game. So did maybe you really? No. Okay. I was like, mm, I'm sure not he me. did. I'm sure he did get his hot dog. Kyle Schwarber started off the game with a bang. And this crowd that was already, and we can't stress this enough. Yeah. The crowd that really didn't need anything to get going anymore went absolutely crazy yeah and just I want to note here every fan was in their seat before first pitch they were on their feet they were going wild we'll give you a little taste of what we experienced in the pregame show a little bit later but this was such a big game to really set the tone for these next three games in Philly. And fun fact, I think I shared it in the pregame show, the team that takes game three have taken the series 69% of the time. Uh -oh. So it's a pretty big deal to get that series lead in game three. Wow. Yeah, and this is, I talked to John Smoltz uh, the day of game one. Yeah. And he said something that piqued my interest, which was, yeah, I've started a few NLCS game ones in my career. But really, there's less pressure on those. The turning point in a seven-game series is game three. And you can feel it. And because of that stat you just said, yeah, getting out to a lead is great, and it's extremely valuable. But that game three can be the turning point of a series. And obviously, we don't know who's going to go on to win this series. But it just feels like tonight was a huge swing game one way or the other. Phillies come out quick, score some runs, obviously end up winning this game 4-2. to The other big thing with this fan base, I know we've hit on it a lot, but you can see how much the Phillies are feeding off of the fans, making little plays, 
freaking out, showing their excitement. We heard Brandon Marsh tell us that they're feeding off the fact that they are in on every pitch, every at bat. And it kind of showed up here tonight as well. The players can feel it. And I look no further than Gene Segura tonight in multiple yeah. different instances. He had a play offensively. He had a play defensively where, yeah, they were great. He had an RBI, an RBI hit over the second baseman's head where he spiked the bat. That was cool. Yep. And then the play right over here behind us at second base where makes the diving play, gets up, throws it to, throws it to second there, then to first. And then there was another play where he made a diving play to his left throws to first base and just shows all of the emotion in the world is so pumped up like goes down to the ground and that's the crowd yeah. players aren't doing that when when the fans aren't super into it he makes that play the crowd goes wild and it makes him do that so you can't understate the importance of the crowd tonight the players felt it the fans in the stands were building off of the players the players off of the fans and this was the perfect sports environment. It really was. I really want to hit on the starting pitching, too, because that was a big point, a topic heading into this game. And Ranger Suarez really needed a bounce-back game after his first postseason outing. And he looked pretty solid through five innings. So I personally was a little surprised that he got pulled after five, not being able to go through that order a third time through. My thought on this is why not – See if he can go one more inning. Give the bullpen a little rest. This is a, a seven-game series. You are putting your bullpen, your pitchers through a lot. I thought he should have stayed in for one more. So my thing there, one, before this game started, yeah. uh, after our last game in San Diego, one key point I made is that Ranger Suarez needs to step up. If the Phillies want to win this series, you need to have more than Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Ranger Suarez can be that guy we've seen glimpses but will he? Yeah. And the answer tonight became yes. But then you saw that situation where he threw 68 pitches and was pulled from the game, right? which is quite a – it's a talking point. And what I would say to, to what you said is in playoff baseball, things can turn on a dime. Yes. So there is – yes, let's say you send him back out there. Let's say worst-case scenario, give up a home run, give up a double, and then you bring somebody else in – you give up that double, you're bringing in a pitcher that doesn't have a clean inning going on, yeah. which is out of their comfort zone a little bit. You'd rather give them a clean inning. So, yes, it's easy in hindsight to say 68 pitches, he was throwing great, keep him out there. The contrary would be Joe Musgrove, who yep. was throwing well. You send him back out there for a third time through the lineup. Next thing you know, you blink, yeah. and there's multiple runs on the board, and your team can't come back from it, and you lose. So. I understand the decision. Obviously, looking back, we can both say, like, oh, you, you did make the right call. Yeah. But in that moment, I understand you don't want him to go a third time through the lineup. You have a bullpen that's coming off of an off day. You have your all your guys ready to go. And things in the playoffs can change so quickly. How many times have we said, feels like rallies are happening when you yeah. get one guy on base? So if you can avoid that, and it didn't end up happening. They brought in Eflin, and multiple guys got on base, and he ended up getting out of it with a crazy double play, bang, bang, play at first base. But I get the decision. I understand it. I understood it in the moment, and it ended up working out for the best. I mean, this game was heated down to the last out. We saw Profar get kicked out of the game in the ninth inning, kicking his helmet, frustrated. You could <laughs> feel the passion from these players. What was your takeaway? I, again, I go back to the crowd. Yeah. Jerks and Profar is probably not – 
that fired up if he doesn't have a crowd screaming and yelling at him. And he, he plays off that as well. You feed off the energy, positive or negative, one yeah. way or the other. But it also, like, look, it doesn't really matter there. It's the ninth inning. You're the first out. Like, you're down two. The odds of them tying and it getting all the way back around to him are minimal. So he disagreed with a call in a very intense moment, probably the most intense moment of the game to that point. Runner on, leadoff guy got on, he comes up. It is very close whether he's swung or not. I mean, yeah. there would not be an argument if the umpire said, no, he didn't go. But it went that way. He was furious, fired up, ninth inning. Have at it. Who really cares? Yeah. Give him a piece End of, of your game. mind. I liked it. That's all right. Let, it, let him have it. <laughs> Bring in the energy of the game. Now, the Padres had some tough moments, though, tonight. Juan Soto, a couple tough defensive plays. What do you need to see from them to turn things around tomorrow and try to even this series up? Juan Soto, gold glove finalist Juan Soto, which uh, we could have. Not a, a great not a great show in here tonight. We could have a conversation about that a different day. Yeah. Um, so what was the question? I knew I was going to say that about Soto. That's okay. They had some difficult moments tonight, including – Juan Soto's yeah. tough defensive plays. What do you need to see from the Padres tomorrow to try to even the series Get out? a lead. Get a lead okay. early in the game. How important has that been in these playoffs? Getting a lead. If you're the team that gets the lead early in a game or at any point, if you get the lead first, you're winning ball games. It's something like an 80-plus percent clip. Yeah. So the team that scores first is winning ball games, right? So if you're the Padres – in this crowd that they came out tonight and they probably thought, okay, we know the crowd's gonna be into it. Now you've experienced it. Now you know it's a legitimate factor. Yeah. Come out, score a run or two early and try your best to take them out of it. I don't know if it's possible, but that's what you gotta do is, look, everything going on, yes, you gotta pitch well, you gotta hit well. If you can scratch across those first runs, you always want to be that team in the playoffs. You don't want to be playing from behind because the odds say if you score first, you're winning the ballgame. Yeah, and the fans came fired up and ready to go. This is the first time the Phillies have hosted an NLCS game since 2010. They are hungry. They have been waiting for this postseason baseball. And we kind of saw that in the pregame show today. I don't know if you guys were watching, if you weren't. Holy guacamole, that was wild. That was the craziest. That was the craziest pregame fan show I've ever been a part of. The pregame show was something that I almost can't explain in words to people. But the good yeah. news is, is I don't have to explain it in words yeah. because we have a video that <laughs> sums it all up. Let's check it out. Listen, we're talking about the fighting. If they don't do okay, I'm not going to be okay. Hey, Machado, I know you're listening, all right? I know you're wearing a thong, all right? Listen, we're talking about the fight. The red, white, and blue rain tonight. San Diego Padres, brown and yellow, questionable colors. Only good thing to come out of San Diego is Ron Burgundy. And even that movie's a little, eh. I'm getting a tattoo. I'm getting the World Series trophy on my thigh, guaranteed. It's the water. You drink the water and it makes you a different person. Of course I'm fired up. The Phillies are in the NLCS. Of course I'm fired up. What's the reason not to be fired up? Yes. This is the best um, fan base you could ever be in. I Justin Verlander's got a good-looking brother, too. Got a good-looking brother. <laughs> I, still... <laughs> I don't even know. That was That is just Wild. perfect. Um, every single day throughout the NLCS and World Series, Alex and I are going to be part of a pregame show as well. 
And if that's not a reason enough to check it out every single game, we will be doing the same thing tomorrow and the next day most likely. Um, so check that out. That was over at Xfinity Live in Philadelphia, which is right next to the stadium. It's a massive, massive complex, really, with multiple bars and food places throughout. And it's right in the middle of the Sixers and Flyers Stadium, right next to the Eagles Stadium, and right next to the Phillies. It's right in the middle of all of that. It's right in the middle of the action. And there are plenty of drinks flowing, which I think we, uh, we got a few of those guys a part of it. Yeah, that was wild. It's the biggest sports bar with 20 individual sports bars within that giant sports bar and it was there was smoke going there was light shows it felt a little bit like a college frat party crazy there was a lot of college kids there going wild speaking of going wild we also decided to to hop on the mechanical bull uh, uh, <laughs> how'd so you do huh look how'd you do okay we're gonna show you the video we know. the video is playing uh -huh. right now uh there was a mechanical bull in in the xfinity live naturally we had to go check it out so i went and rode first what, what alex and i did was we created a little friendly competition against each other and so i went over first and we i didn't, didn't watch she didn't watch no. and then we switched and i didn't watch so we didn't know how each other did until afterwards when we watched the video watched the tape back you're watching the video now. If you're watching this and not just listening, you can see it. And, 22 um, seconds for you. 22 seconds for myself. And then here you go. And I borrowed your jacket. Thank you you're for welcome. that, by the way. So maybe it's the lucky jacket because you weren't wearing it when you were riding the bull. So what I was told when I bought this jacket is it adds five extra seconds to all bull riding expeditions. And I lost by four seconds. So what happened is yep. you had my jacket so I would have been at 27 seconds, and as we see here, you fell off at 26, beating my 22, but it was all part of the jacket. Um, and little did we know, because this happened pretty on while we were, pretty early on while we yeah. were over there. Little did we know this would be the tamest thing that we <laughs> saw while we were over there. It does not compare to what we saw a little yeah. later. So make sure you check in on our pregame shows while we are here in Philadelphia. I promise you they will be wild. That you know what, this whole day has been the experience of, th these are one of the days you, you don't forget. The pregame show with this game, walking out on the field, doing yeah. the show. Uh, these are the days you don't forget. This was pretty magical. I, every day that we've been able to do this, bring this experience to you, the fans at home. Really just try to be a liaison and bring you along for the ride. Tomorrow we're doing it again at 6.30 p.m. But we, Eastern, but there was another game that went on yesterday that we didn't fully get to talk about. I have to ask you before we get to that game. Okay, okay, Because it's something that I, I've forgotten about to this point. Okay. But I, I need you to talk about your encounter with the Philly Fanatic, who is considered maybe the best, <laughs> most popular mascot in sports. Alex had quite the encounter with the Philly Fanatic before the game today. I was saying hi to Big Poppy, and then Philly Fanatic comes right behind him. <laughs> I was excited to meet him. Fairly, he was super excited to meet me too. And, <laughs> and then we, and then we took a picture together, and he shoved me out of the way. And he it was did. just the two of you taking the pictures. So uh, you see why he is as popular as he is. He, he just is. does what he wants to do. And he made the broadcast. He sat right next to Ken Rosenthal during one great. of his hits. I, it was, it's been a time. The energy, top to bottom, in Philly is unmatched. 
yeah. unmatched in postseason baseball from what I've experienced so far. I, I agree. So uh, game three was unbelievable. Phillies take a 2-1 lead. Let's switch over, check out the bracket, talk about the American League side of things where the Houston Astros are facing the New York Yankees, the matchup that we all envisioned we all months picked. and months ago. Yeah. Uh, and now it's here. It is happening. And I have been saying all year long, the Houston Astros are still the team to beat in the American League. When the, Astro when the Yankees were on their high and when they were on their low and then got back on their high, I believe they were the team to beat. And now here we are after two games. Game two just wrapped up yesterday. And the Houston Astros take a 2-0 lead to New York City. They look well-rested and sharp, the Astros do. And the Yankees look worn out and tired and are making excuses, like really lame excuses as to why they are winning, they're losing ball games, something about the roof, something about not good luck. It's like just just show up, play the game, put runs across the Look, plate. you're the New York Yankees, Yeah. right? You're the New York Yankees, and in case everybody in the world hasn't heard, they have 27 rings. It is quite the winning history they have there. Now, fast forward to 2022, and here we are. They're down one nothing in a series. They're playing game two. They end up losing to go down 2 nothing, and we're starting to make excuses about the roof being opened and wind blowing and exit velocity on one home run being less than on a ball that was caught in right field. It's like, what are, what are we doing? So for me, uh, I said it a couple weeks ago, Aaron Boone has – Aaron Boone – needs to prove something yeah. if they're the New York Yankees. He hasn't won with them. He needs to win. And for them to go down 2-0, and for Aaron Boone, the manager, I almost, I almost understand a player, yeah. the starting pitcher, coming out of the game after the game ends and saying, yeah, you know what, I just got beat a little bit unlucky. Uh, his exit velocity was far less than Aaron Judge's ball to right field. But to that I say, welcome to baseball. Yep. I mean, that happens, and you still have to hit a ball well enough to get out. Um, and you're both playing on the same field. So to, for him to make that comment, though, I understand he's frustrated as a pitcher. For Aaron Boone to come out and say, yeah, we're getting unlucky, and the roof was open, I didn't like that. No, you should be the manager saying, we're not hitting. We have 30 strikeouts in two games. We need to hit better, and we are not going to beat the Houston Astros if we can't stop striking out. It has nothing to do with the roof or where the wind is blowing, it has to do that your team isn't hitting the Houston Astros pitchers. And as the manager of the New York Yankees, he should have come out and said that. So what do they need to do? Hit. Three keys. What they need to do to win game three. Uh, one would be Garrett Cole needs to be Garrett Cole. Yeah. Right? You, didn't, you weren't able to line up your rotation how you wanted to because of the way the ALD, ALDS played out. Game five, and then it got delayed. So you're not able to line up your rotation, right? So you don't get Garrett Cole for a game one or two. What's worst case scenario when that happens? You go down 2-0 to the Houston Astros. Now, now what do you do? You have to turn the page. You have your guy yep. on the mound to turn the page. So there's nobody else that you'd rather turn to in a situation like this than Garrett Cole, who is dominant and a true ace. Now you have him on the mound in game three, and he needs to be the dominant Garrett Cole. What's your second key? And number two, get an early lead. I talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. The importance of getting a lead early on in a playoff game. Look, the statistics this year are wild. If you get a lead 
early in the game, right? If you're the team that scores first, you're winning like oh, you're winning over 80% of games. Wow. It is massive. It takes crowds out of it. It makes another team play with a little more pressure. You know, it's just human nature. Yeah. Whether you let pressure get to you or not, if the other team scores an early run and you're in the playoffs and you're in a big game, it's a little bit of human nature to tense up a little bit and do more. And in baseball, when you do more, you actually end up doing less. That was my problem. I would try and try and try to do more, more, more. And when you're trying so hard, it actually has an adverse effect. So for me, the Yankees need to get an early lead. And your final key. My third and final key of what the New York Yankees need to do is Aaron Judge needs to be Aaron Judge. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet in the playoffs. We've oh. seen a couple of home runs from him. And a good sign, if you're Yankees fans, is that ball that he hit at the end of the game in game two. Drove that ball to right field. When Aaron Judge is hitting balls like that to right field, that's when you know he's locked in. So maybe he is getting back locked in. And I'm not talking locked in like, yeah, he's going to hit a couple home runs in a series. No, we saw him hit over 60. We saw him break the American League record this year for a reason while hitting 300. Yeah. That's what you need. You need him to be a guy in the lineup. There's a lot of guys when you look around the New York Yankees lineup that either can hit the ball out of the yard and go one for five or can hit you some singles. Aaron Judge is that X factor for them that does both, and he's the best offensive player in the game of baseball. That's what they need is Aaron Judge to be Aaron Judge. That's where it really makes you think, did he get an emotional hangover after those last two weeks of the regular season, really trying to chase and beat that record? Because as you said, he had one of the best offensive seasons ever and best last two months of the regular season, and then he hasn't been able to do anything in the postseason. So, yeah, hopefully he can turn around at home. But let's switch over to the other team, the Astros. What are the three keys that you need to see so the Astros have a 2-0 lead, yeah. right? But how many times have we seen this, especially the Houston Astros yeah. in recent memory, 2019, they did it a little bit in reverse. It was home away, home, you know, it, they didn't win a home game, but they also didn't lose a road game. This is important here. Yes, they won both home games, but now you're going on the road for three games where Let's say you let your guard down. Yankee Stadium. Next thing you know, you're in the middle of Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You're getting your your doors blown off. You lose all three games, and then you go back home with your backs against the wall. So they can't let that happen. My first key is the guy that starts it all off for the Houston Astros and the guy that will be starting off the game, game three in New York Stadium. The first pitch will be to him, Jose Altuve, who hit 300 on the season and has been one of the best players in the game of baseball since he came into the league. He doesn't have a hit That's in the crazy. playoffs. That's crazy. So, yes, it's flown to this point. They end up sweeping the Seattle Mariners. They've won two in a row against the Yankees to start the season. This is their biggest test yet in the playoffs is on the road in Yankee Stadium, and you can't go in there and win this series in New York if the Houston Astros want to win the series in New York and not get it back home, Jose Altuve is going to have to bust out of his slump and start getting some hits, and I believe he will. Altuve is a gamer, and I think he gets out of this. That's just kind of the rule of thumb for the postseason. Your great players have to be your best players on the field to help take you to that next level. All right, what is your second key for the Astros? My second key is simple. The pitchers need to keep doing what they're doing. Okay. Look, they're up 2 nothing. And I don't, think it's, I don't think you can say it's because the bats have been on fire. I mean, you look at the last game, 
Alex Bregman hits that three-run home run, and that's pretty much the ball game. Yeah. It is the ball game. Their pitching has been dominant, right? From Justin Verlander to Framber Valdez to the bullpen, what more can you want? And that was, that's why the Astros are so good. They have the best pitching staff from starting pitcher number one to the closer in all of baseball, and I have no problem saying that. And I, I had a point that I was talking about. We, we all went out to dinner last night as a team, and we're watching the game too. And I said, Framber Valdez has to be the most underrated starter in the league. We saw him break the all-time quality start streak during the regular season this year. And the reason that I think he is so underrated is because of Justin. Because huh? of the season Justin's had, Interesting. he gets all of the talk. Yeah. Not all of it, but he's the ace. And typically, you don't talk as much about a number two on a team. But Framber Valdez has pitched like an elite number one anywhere else for yeah. any other team this year. He's been so good. He was dominant again in game two. The Astros won that game because of how good he was on the starting pitching side. And they won game one because of how good Justin was on the starting pitching side. So to me, another key is simple. Just keep doing what you're doing on the pitching side. All right. So we have Jose Altuve needing to turn it up. Keep doing what you're doing with the pitchers. What is your third and final key for the Astros? Similar to a point that I made for the Padres, okay. take the crowd out of it early. Important. You're going into an environment that I have experienced many times in the playoffs. Yankee Stadium in the playoffs is one of the best spectacles you could ever see. It is magical, it is special, and it can get to you. Now, is it going to get to the Astros? Probably not. I mean, they've experienced okay. that so many times over the years, but it can. Get an early lead, take them out of it. Look, Yankees fans are already a little, okay, backs against the wall here, mm -hmm. feeling a little down. They win game one, it's a different story. They win game two, it's a whole new series, and that first game is in New York. So my key here and my final key for the Astros, take the crowd out of it, a crowd that's going to come out excited early, but already has that thought in their head like we, we got to do something. Take them out of it early. Do what you do best. You'll win the game, and you could win the series before it even gets back to Houston. That's going to be a fun one. We have another doubleheader tomorrow, postseason games, oh, back to back, which are the best. They are. But let's get back to today. I want your top five players Whew. of the day, starting with number five. Who top you got? five player of the day will be helped tomorrow when there are two games. It's always a little yeah. more challenging when you have when one. There's only one game of the day. Luckily, there was some good play out here tonight. We saw a lot from the pitching to the hitting. Let's start with my number five top player of the day, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm, every time he comes to the plate, I think two things. Wow, he's massive. Yep. My first thought. <laughs> two is how far has he come? From earlier in the year, when the Phillies were playing awful, he made a bad play, the crowd was booing him, and he said, I hate this place. And the fans heard that. It got blown up. It got blown out of proportion. Next thing you know, guess what? Alec Bohm rakes all year long. Guess what happens when that happens? Oh, everybody loves you. Yeah. Now he's here in the postseason going two for three with a double, an RBI, a run scored, pumping up the crowd. Everybody loves him. What a role reversal. Love to see it. Alec Bohm here at number five. All right. Who you got at number four? Number four from the Padres, Jake Cronenworth. Cronenworth had it going today. Two for four, RBI, some good defense. Um, for me, he was really one of the very few guys on the Padres side that 
looked locked in at the plate, looked like he was going to drive some baseballs today, and he did. And even a ball he hit in the last inning, he hit really hard, ended up getting out, but could have easily been three for four today. Jake Cronenworth was locked in. All right, who you got at number three? Number three, Ranger Suarez. What a start. Yeah. And we talked a Bounce lot back. about him earlier and the decision to take him out at 68 pitches or leave him back in. Regardless of that, he did all he could do tonight. He did. He did what he needed to do. Five innings pitched, one earned run, three strikeouts, two hits, and a win on the mound. He had the crowd going from the word go. He was nasty out there, and he's. this is what I've been saying. The, the Phillies have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. This team is totally different if Ranger Suarez is the Ranger Suarez that we saw tonight. They are extremely dangerous. Now they have a 2-1 lead. He got the win on the mound. He's here at number three. Yeah, that, that was the bounce back he needed. Stepped up to the plate in the moment. Who you got at number two? Number two, Bryson Stott. Okay. Bryson Stott, two for three tonight. Double run scored. Two doubles, I believe. He was unbelievable. One thing when Bryson Stott is at the plate that I can't stop but thinking, one year ago today, Bryson Stott was playing in the Arizona Fall League as a minor league baseball player. Wow. And now here he is on the biggest stage, getting the biggest honor of his life, which is being number two on my top five players of the day. <laughs> Bryson Stott was great. He's a stud. Yes, he had those two hits at the plate, but another reason he's here is because of how good he was defensively. All the talk around this Phillies team coming into the year was, okay, yeah, they're going to rake, but can they pitch? And they will not be good defensively. Tonight, yes, a few blunders defensively, but Bryson Stott has been a bright spot for them, and we saw it again tonight defensively at shortstop. He was nasty, made some great plays, had some great at-bats. Bryson Stott is the shortstop of the future for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is just the beginning of what we're seeing from him. All right. The number one honor, the top five players of the day. Who you got at number one? The number one honor, and it started in the first inning. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber. Got to be. Kyle Schwarber, that huge home run to right field, got the crowd. It was it was shaking. It was wild. The stadium was shaking. Wild. There have not been a ton of moments in my life where I have experienced a shaking stadium. Uh, two of those that I can remember off the top of my head. One, the 2017 World Series in Houston, roof closed. Two, last year in Atlanta, Adam Duvall hit a grand slam in a game that they could, in a clinching game, hit a grand slam. We were in the stands there, and the place literally felt like it was going to crumble to the ground. I haven't experienced it much. Tonight was one of those moments. Schwerber hits that home run. The crowd was already ready to explode when we were over there at Xfinity Live, and it doesn't take long for them to get to explode over here. Kyle Schwerber, great game, ends up tacking on another hit, a home run. Kyle Schwerber looking like he is locking in. And when Kyle Schwarber is locked in, this lineup is dangerous. They are dangerous. Now, the Phillies got a big win for the fans tonight. They also got a big win for you in our fantasy draft. The Flippin' Bats 2022 you playoff draft have is looking crushing it. Glorious. <laughs> Let's take a look at that. Uh, the leader is me, yep. 14. Wow. Taylor in second at 12. Alex. I didn't is, see this coming. This I didn't see it coming. News. I know. This we didn't. We didn't this is really tough. Alex officially is out. officially yeah. eliminated from contention for winning. So you know uh, what I have to say about that. You may have won a bull riding competition earlier, <laughs> but you're not winning this one. Can't win them all. For me. Thank you to the it's Phillies. Okay. Um, another great night.
here at the ballpark. Um, we should do it again. Let's do it again tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the pregame. Another post game. Wild. So we're going to try and get as many fans involved in literally everything we do from here until the end of the World Series because, honestly, that's what it's all about. It's all about you guys listening and feeling like you're a part of it, and it's all about the fans, right? That's why we're here, because of how special they make everything. And to experience that earlier was awesome. To be able to bring it to you all was awesome for us. It was a special experience for us. And that, at the end of the day, is our goal here, is to make you all feel like you're along this journey with us, and this is a special journey. I, I feel so lucky to be experiencing this, to be here, and to share it with all of you guys watching at home. So yeah, let's do it again. Let's make it even let's better it tomorrow. Again. I feel lucky as well. Thank you to everybody that makes this possible. And thank you to everybody for listening as well. This has been another episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fragrances. What a night here at Game 3 in Philadelphia. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can follow along on YouTube and watch every single episode at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Tonight has been a blast. We're wrapping up here on the field. The game just wrapped up behind us. Let's do it all again tomorrow. We will see you all pregame tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.